0: Hey! Happy New Year. Hope you had a uh, very safe and enjoyable New Year's Eve. It's 2024. Here we go again. I don't know how many years this is for us, Steve. I remember we started after the Super Bowl in Minnesota, so whatever that was.
1: No, we actually started before that with you and Tom. Well, true. That was who? Did you say exactly? Tom. Exactly. That was I think September of 2017. 2017. Good lord! I think it was February of 18 that Tom left. Failed.
0: No, you can say yeah. it. Okay. Failed. Yeah. That's that's a better yeah, that word. Mm hmm. Left us. Hung us out to dry. <laughs> <Some>. <laughs> went to the Pointer Media institute. But um, yeah, it's been a minute. So um here we go again. Another year is uh in the books and a new one has has begun and, and uh got done with the Bucks game. I probably talked and rambled longer than I meant to <laughs> in the podcast and then I went down the street to Frank and Sarah's and Had our usual uh, neighborhood uh, group down there and appreciate the LaBars taking care of us. And it was uh, was a good New Year's Eve. And I was probably left there at 12-ish, a couple minutes after, obviously. But then I'm about a five-minute walk. I'll bet you I was asleep by (laughs) 12.15. I was so tired, man. It was just it, – it's one of those deals where I can see that in a couple of years I will be out by like 10 o'clock. I'm not going to stay up. You're going to celebrate uh, New Year's Eve in London in exactly. America. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Six hours earlier, yeah. it's going to make a lot more sense to me. But I was grateful that the Bucks had a 1 o'clock game and not 4 or not 8 or something like that. So that worked out well. And you know what? They didn't even make it close, so that also was a bonus. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: your writing was done pretty early, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and they were hung over before the game, obviously. They didn't wait till New Year's Eve. They just played like, you know, they woke up after a bender or something, but uh it was brutal. We'll get into that. We'll get into uh you know, a little controversy is stirring up a little Hornet's nest with Tristan Wirfs leading the witness just a bit. He talked about how uh he agreed that he, he said he's getting tired of the late hits on Baker Mayfield by the New Orleans Saints, who have a history of hurting some bucks, as do the bucks, you know, had a horse collar tackle one year of Jameis Winston and knocked him out for the season. But uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, the big news you're happy tonight as we do this podcast. And why not? Your Michigan Wolverines win in overtime over the Alabama Crimson Tide in what was a really good football game. And I'll tell you what, um, Michigan. Has a really good shot, and as we're doing this podcast, we're not sure who's going to win. So don't tell me I don't want to know the ending, Steve, because we don't know who's going to win between Texas and Washington.
1: You don't. You don't have the uh, script.
0: No, I don't have the <laughs> script. No, gave me the script, uh, so we can't talk about it. But, um, but I think it's going to be a really good championship. And you know, you, you mentioned this when before we came on, and I will, I will stand behind. A lot of people are like, "Oh, well, how do you like Florida State now?" And all, forget it. Stop it. You, you don't have that argument. You know, nobody played. It wasn't the same team. None of that. I still maintain Florida State, earned their way there, mm-hmm. deserved to go there. I don't care who was quarterbacking, all of that. But unquestionably, this is a TV show, and as they are constructed now, uh, they put together two really great semifinal games. Well,
1: after years of having awful semifinal games, right? the last two seasons they've had great ones. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. Last year you had the Alabama-Ohio State which Mm -hmm. was a one-point game. came down to the end. Michigan-TCU was a sloppy but great game. Right. Uh, High shooting, high scoring. You know, and then this year, Michigan-Bama goes to overtime, and as we're taping,
0: not spoiling, but Texas-Washington are tied at the
1: half. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, Michael Penix Jr. doing his thing. So, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to – you know, and we'll see, you know, the championship last year because I think TCU was a little out of their league when they finally got to the championship, but – uh, I think whoever uh meets Michigan will have a, a nice chance to make it a really good, really good final. And um I wasn't sure that Michigan was gonna get it done. Look, their defense was terrific, and that's what kept them in the game. <sighs> JJ McCarthy, I just wasn't accurate enough. We talked about this when me we and you were going back and forth while we were watching the game kinda um on text messages and whatnot. I felt like he left a lot of plays out there with some better throws. He made a great play. He made a couple of really sensational plays. But I'll say this, man. Uh, they can they know how to run the football. And they had a nice game plan with a lot of counters and things where you know they would have some motion going one way and then run it back to the other way and let those linebackers uh, of Alabama and the defense really over-pursue. And then the cutback lanes were there. Uh, and they'd pull some guards and stuff around and uh, man, that like Cor- corum is really something really something special player he just is man for a kid who's but, what
1: 58 yeah and you know now he's the what truck, michigan's though, all-time but... leading touchdown scorer for running backs as far as rushing touchdowns
0: is that what he is wow yeah, that
1: that touchdown in overtime set the record the michigan record
0: that was impressive past anthony impressive. thomas anthony thomas wow mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he's a stud. Of course, he wasn't available last year. No, nope. he know. got hurt
1: the week before the Ohio State game. Right. Tried to give it a go, played about two, three mm-hmm. plays, and couldn't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then had surgery and came back specifically for this. Yeah. Like, I know Jim yeah. Harbaugh told him, you should go pro, and he didn't. He came back.
0: No, it's a great story, and he's a great kid. Uh, they had that other wide receiver. Who's that, number one? Roman Wilson. Mm-hmm. Man, what a game that kid had. Yeah, it was
1: quiet the first half and then yeah. you know he's been their best receiver all year. No question has he? Yeah. Oh okay. No question. He started off the season with a ton of touchdowns the first half of the year.
0: Okay. Yeah, really can uh you know, can really track the ball, uh, has great speed mm-hmm. and um gets to the end zone, which is the biggest thing. So pretty impressive. Their defense is really good too. Like they do a lot of things right. And, of course, they're very physical, and they run the ball. And it's a, it's a hardball-like, you know, this is what you would expect from Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about this, and I think I told you when we were texting, was that there's a really good chance, like you don't know what's going to happen in the championship, but th- there's a really good chance that Jim Harbaugh wins the college national championship the same year that his brother John wins the Super Bowl. Because right now the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not ready to give up on the 49ers because I – and, of course, you remember when Jim played John in that Super Bowl with the 49ers, but um, I kind of think they're going to bounce back a little bit here. But Lamar Jackson, what he's doing – how about Todd Munkin? You want the hottest name that's going to be available for coaching? And I would think it would be in the NFL, but certainly, you know, colleges would be probably anxious too, although the the timeline doesn't work because they're going to be, you know, likely – playing late into the championship and maybe a Super Bowl, so it doesn't work for college. But Todd Munkin might might be one of the top candidates, you know, that's out there as a head coach. Uh, I would think he definitely is. I would think
1: anyone on Baltimore staff yeah. is probably going to be. Fair game. Yep. Um, I mean, just how good they've been and, you know, what Munkin's done this year with. Lamar, Lamar Jackson has been fantastic.
0: I mean, he's going yeah. to win the MVP. He's he should and he's going to. And I did not expect them to kind of truck the Miami Dolphins. I just didn't. You know, Miami hasn't beaten a lot of great teams this year and all that. They got that, you know, going against them, but they're still they're still very good and and they they made it look easy and it's not. And uh it was just a complete beatdown. I mean, to score that many points, um to dominate the way they did from the start of the game and the way Lamar is playing, he is the MVP, and um, you know if, if you get home field advantage as they have it right now in the AFC, that's gonna it's tough. gonna be tough to go through there, man. That's that's not an easy place to play, and not an easy team. And they, and they're the most complete team, I think. You know their defense is pretty special.
1: The defense, what is top five in sacks and points yeah. against, almost yeah. every defensive
0: category, they're top five. Yeah, and so you know, and then you know, you you add guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and um. You know they've got some weapons, but the biggest weapon, of course, is Lamar. Um, but he can do it from the pocket. He can run, obviously, and just you know they they've just been really good. And and I don't even think they're as complete on offense as they've been in the past. But um, somehow he's making it work. And they, and they have this chip on their shoulder. Like it's what's going to be funny is now people are going to start picking them. But for year for a good part of the year they were the underdogs against Forty ers and different teams. And of course that's that's going to change, but. John Harbaugh, doing a great job. Of course, he's been there forever, has a Super Bowl. And then now, Jim, I, I think he's going to go to the NFL, Steve. I mean, I, and especially, I, let me ask you this. If they win a national championship just on its face, mm-hmm. does that make it more or less likely he would leave Michigan, in your opinion?
1: I think more likely.
0: Yeah, because then he's accomplished what he went there for, right? But I, I think he's leaving regardless. But I do, too. I do, too. And and the final thing for me was he hired Don Yee, who is Tom Brady's agent. That is Tom. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know he's flirted with the NFL every year. Yeah, and- he's also Peyton. He's also uh, Sean Payton's agent. Mm-hmm. He represents coaches in the NFL. And his side of the of the coin with players, of course, Brady was his big client. Is the NFL? Now, here's something to to spring forward with that. If you're talking about Harbaugh, okay, so we know there's going to be a lot of jobs out there and I'm not exactly sure what the Raiders will do. I mean, you know, they've, they've got, had a nice run with another interim coach. They did with basacha and went to the playoffs and they didn't hire him. Uh, so I don't know that they're going to hire their interim coach or not Pierce, but, but okay. You talk about Tom Brady and he has an affiliation with the Raiders as a future minority owner, if he hasn't been approved yet, I'm not really sure, but Mark Davis, you know, stars in his eyes, hired John Gruden, like he likes that, he likes that wow factor, right? Um, could you, could you not see him going to Harbaugh and saying, here's a pile of money. Now they don't, I don't, I can't tell you who your quarterback is, uh, any of that stuff, but the one thing about, I think the Raiders is that Mark would allow John, or, you yeah, know, would allow uh, Jim, rather, as he did John Gruden. He would allow Jim to run things, right? He, he could probably handpick a GM, cap guy, whatever. I don't know that he's going to get that everywhere else if that's what he's looking for. I think the Chargers might. Yeah, the Chargers might. You're right. That's, and that's, to me, that's the more attractive job simply because. You got Herbert. You got, you got Justin Herbert, who I think is terrific. I mm-hmm. just think the, the team has been bad. And, uh, and it's LA, which, you know, I mean I don't know what your preferences are between Las Vegas and LA. Mine would be LA. He's lived there, coached around there at San Diego, University of San Diego before. Just it just seems a hell of a lot better um to me. But there is the there's the Michigan connection and now the Donald Yee connection, right? Not that Donald will be, you know, telling him where to go, uh, but he'll be talking to people about opportunity and if you know if Tom Brady really is into it with the Raiders, as I think he is. Then maybe that'll be an influence. Maybe not. Did you see by the way where Brady came out on New Year's Eve? Do you believe this? He came out on New Year's Eve and had his New Year's New Year's post uh, about the year and this and that and the other, and mentioned that uh, yeah, I was coming out of retirement in May to my friends, threw me a uh, threw me a party and kind of forced my hand. What <laughs> you were what? So I was right the whole time. I didn't believe he was really going to be retired. And in fact, he wasn't. And then somebody threw the man a party. So let me get this straight. So your wife, and I'm just spitballing here. I don't know anything. But like, Giselle most likely wanted him to stop playing football a few years ago. Right? And he wouldn't do it. Um, Chose not to. Anyway, for whatever reason, they ended up divorced. Um, But... You were influenced by your friends throwing you a party, and that's why you decided not to play football. I uh, don't really get that part. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me, man. If he wanted to play, he would have played. But uh, but anyway, that's what he posted. It was kind of entertaining. I think. I think it was just for that reason. Um, but back to your Wolverines. So i I don't know that they're the. I don't know that they're the best team in the country, but I think they're one of the most complete teams, if that makes sense. They can really do it on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, I was worried that they just weren't, they don't score enough points, you know? Um, but when you run the football, you don't score a lot of points, you know? That's part of their controlling the game aspect of it. Um, but man, that defense is really good. I i don't, as we sit here and we're waiting to see the outcome of this uh, Washington game, uh, against Texas, I don't know which one would be more effective against Michigan. Maybe, maybe Texas. Maybe because they're a little more versatile. Uh, you may. I mean, I think Texas's defense is probably better.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but and, and the, don't forget the other thing is the national championships in
0: Houston. Oh, that's so, true. Oh, you know, wow, that'd be a huge advantage for them. If right? it's
1: you know whatever tickets don't go to Michigan fans are probably going to be Texas. Any neutral. Yeah. Parties there most likely would be Texas. Yeah, you would think. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons Michigan chose
0: the Rose Bowl for their game. And I think they, from what we were told on the broadcast, it was at least sixty forty Michigan fans, and some said more than that. Yep. But you know, had it,
1: they played the Sugar Bowl instead, and Michigan's the number one, so he got to pick which one they wanted to go to. Yeah, nice. And
0: you know, Alabama is a lot closer to New Orleans than a. Oh Arbor yeah, is. They, that's the SEC championship mm-hmm. location. A lot of sometimes, yep. sort of than past. So yeah. That um that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, Texas would probably be a a, a, a better a harder draw just for the, the location of the game and all that. I don't know. Well don't tell me how it comes out. I'll find out in the morning. But uh uh but it was entertaining, it was a really good college football game and you know, it's such a tall mountain to climb. And I wonder how next year when you have twelve teams, is that what they're gonna start with? Twelve? uh yes 12 teams in the 12 team playoff so now next year when they do this and it'll start what like probably weeks before it has this year yeah the first rounds are what at at the home stadiums right and the top four teams get buys they get buys okay but you'll have more games leading up to this championship it's going to be it's going to be grueling to try to win one like that's that's going to be fun and interesting uh, and some teams that got left out this year obviously would not would not be left out uh, when they go to twelve. Um uh, you might have that Cinderella team. You might have that team that's lost a couple games and it just, just gets hot at the right time. Um but it's it's now gonna be really tough to win it. I mean, it's always been tough, but it's gonna be tougher, I think, to win a national championship now because there'll be it'll be a tournament, you know, you're gonna have to win multiple games um to try to get it get it all done. So and hopefully they can figure out this bowl situation because these games are terrible. You know, nobody's playing anybody. And uh, I drove by the Outback Bowl, what well, used to be the Outback Bowl, now it's a Reliant Quest. And I had to be there to talk to Todd Bowles at 1230. Well, I think the game kicked off at 1, probably somewhere in there. And there was, you know, I, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to hit a ton of traffic. Mm, no, no, I didn't.
1: <laughs> now what, 31,000 at the game?
0: thirty one thousand I mean you remember yeah. when they used to sell that thing out mm-hmm. that was a good or game close too. To it. it was a really good game it was Terrific, one of the best it was one of forth. the best ball games yeah, and well played and of course you know l s u didn't have jalen daniels and uh or jaden daniels and and then the uh uh Wisconsin was missing a couple players, but they it was back and forth down to the wire, good game, and just not a lot of people there to watch it and you'd have thought that l s u might have packed some people because they had the saints in town. The day before, you could have made a nice weekend of it, and and could have driven as well. But was, it seemed like there were more Wisconsin fans. I wasn't in the stadium, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but It was a fun game. Yeah, definitely one of the best bowl games. I mean, you know, you saw what Tennessee
1: did to Iowa over in Orlando, and yeah, of course, the Florida State game was terrible, well, for obvious reasons. But yeah, you know, I agree. I completely agree with Kirby Smart's comments after the game. We got. To, they got to fix this. Well, yeah, he's got to fix. And he says that's not
0: fair to those kids over there. Like, no, you know that wasn't their team. No, we know and, that. And it's, it's start with the calendar, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have the ni or you know the the transfer portal and guys that have to enroll early enrollment so they can be involved in the spring if they're going to transfer, and then it, there's no way they can play in their bowl games if they have to make that decision and do it. You know. Well as you game, and Matt so. discussed last week, you know
1: college football decides to put the postseason free agency right. yeah and and the draft all in the same time it's ridiculous, like all of it's going on now, yeah, like it's so stupid national signing day, transfers, and you're playing bowl games still
0: yeah, like that's crazy uh, it, it makes no sense and they've they've Obviously, you know this. This is unsustainable. Now, the, I'm assuming they'll use more of these bowl games. I'm guessing for the 12 team playoffs, right? So the first round games are at home stadiums. So those are will not those obviously will not be bowl bowl related. Correct, because they, they play earlier. I, I'm so you go from 12 to six, and then really, so it's really just one more round. So I don't well, at
1: that point you get eight. After after you get oh, the first round. Oh, because there's two bye yeah. games. Yeah, okay, Because gotcha. four teams yeah. get bye, so there's four games, essentially, eight teams. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure those are played at...
0: The home stadiums.
1: Yep. The home field of the higher-seeded team. Or okay. another site designated by a
0: higher-seeded team during the week. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's not really going to factor it in. Mm-hmm. I've heard people suggest this, and I don't think it's a great yep. idea.
1: So next year, I'm looking at the calendar. Next year, the first round is December 20th and 21st. So those are the first okay. four games. All right. Then the Fiesta Bowl, Peach, Rose, and Sugar are the quarterfinals, December 31st right. and January. So we 1st. got four game, four yep. bowls
0: involved instead.
1: Of two. Then the Orange Bowl and Cotton Bowl are the semifinals on January 9th and 10th. So now it is six, right? And the national championship is uh, it, like it is now. It's a separate event. Is January 20th in
0: Atlanta. All right, so six of those bowl games will be part caught yeah. up so in basically the, the New York the New Year's
1: 6 bowls are all part the of the New Year's 6 the playoff yeah.
0: every year now. Yeah. And they'll, ro- they'll the rotate ones. who
1: are the quarterfinals and who are the semifinals each year. Right. It's so just next all year the other ones. Yeah, next year the Orange and Cotton are the semifinals in 2025 it'll be the Fiesta and the Peach are the semifinals.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense, but it doesn't. It doesn't help those other games like Reload Quest or the Citrus Bowl or you know the non Power Five mm-hmm. ones. No, so that that's they got to do something. And somebody suggested, well, maybe maybe you should play them in the preseason, and you know, like at the beginning of the year instead of the end. I don't know how that's going to go. You maybe they should do a like the
1: these... in- NBA and have in season tournaments, in season bowl games, <laughs> in season bowl game. Yeah. You're the mid-season champion. The, the hard part is, is that, and this is where the calendar becomes tricky for college. Mm-hmm. Is one the bowl games are typically around the holidays, so people have a chance to travel. Like they don't want to put the bowl games in early December. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they a week between Christmas and New Year's. One, ESPN loves the programming, but two, it's it, you know, if you're going to go travel to El Paso or Phoenix or pinstripe bowl, whatever, you know, they want the most people have a chance to travel over the holidays, which is when they do this Mm -hmm. Two colleges are in break in December and they go back early January. So that's the good time to transfer because you're, you're a student athlete. So you need to be enrolled by the time school starts early January. Mm -hmm. So the transfer window can't wait till after the national championship or after the bowl games, because you have to be ready to be in school. And so you know that's where it gets tricky for college. Yeah. And but no why know why signing day has to be in there. That's that you could move. But I understand why the transfer portal becomes tricky. If if you know you truly are putting them as student athletes.
0: Well, they got here's the thing they they all want to enroll, right. You know, so they can get there in the spring,
1: but what I'm saying and is it, the national championship's January eighth, a lot of colleges are going back January eighth, so you can't right. do the transfer portal after the national championship because yeah. you've then you'll like, miss, yeah, you, you know, miss you're missing whole,
0: weeks of school right exactly so it
1: it, it is tricky I, I'm not saying i don't have the answer, I just know yeah. it doesn't work the way it is
0: well, what they're doing now is not sustainable yeah. for sure, and you'll see further erosion of what was a Enjoyable, you know. I mean, next year the national championships January 20th. That's pretty late. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I, I had thought about this, too. And, of course, you're right. The calendar is the deal. Um, somebody brought this up, and I thought, mm, that's not a bad idea or a bad thought in a sense. But, you know, with all the NIL money and things, you know, they're paying players now, right? And so... <laughs> again you got to figure out the transfer part of it but what if you said well wait a minute you have an nil deal to play at name the university right mm-hmm. and maybe it transfers where you go but the point is if you're getting paid don't you have an obligation to play your bowl game
1: well it's because if, if you, after NIL, all
0: you're getting paid to play
1: if the nil wants to add that stipulation in there right that'd be part of the contract mm-hmm. you know but, but, but from a coach's standpoint too let's let's be honest about this. If you're coaching name the school, it's not in the playoff it does you know Florida state whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the school is. If mm-hmm. the bowl game doesn't really mean much to you, mm-hmm. would you rather have the seniors opt out so I can play my younger guys to get them experience for next year?
0: Yeah, I would
1: so are the coaches really pushing for to get rid of opt outs well.
0: I think they recognize that they're going to kill the goose that's laying the golden eggs well, for them if they sure. don't do something. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't know. I mean, that's all part of it
1: too. Is that you know the schools love bowl games. The coaches do because they get three weeks of practice for their young guys that are coming back yeah. next year. Like yeah, and that's the, the, se- the thing. seniors don't spend a lot. Of, even if they're playing in the bowl game, they're not spending. They're not getting a lot of the first team reps during those weeks. Right. You're getting
0: the young guys' reps, because you're 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 gearing up for next year, man. That's well, important. First of all, college football has changed so dramatically that you know bowl games. It used to be, right, if you were Joe Paterno, right? Because college football was a regional sport. Mm-hmm. That's why you had the Big Ten followed the Big Ten. The SEC mm-hmm. fans followed the SEC. The Big Twelve fans followed the Big Twelve. And so Joe Paterno could win nine games one year. And Go to the Orange Bowl or someplace, and they'd say, "Wow, really great year, Joe." You know, like it wasn't wasn't a thing because only one team won the national championship, and it was a poll, and sometimes it was split, whatever. Um, But people were okay with, you know, hey, our team is going to Florida, you know, for a bowl game. Cool, let's go. We let's let's go. Keep this, keep the good times rolling, you know. And and now. College football is a national sport. You know, that's basically why we're going to be two conferences at all. It's going to be, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten controls college football, it appears. Um, So now everybody watches everybody. And, you know, they told the story, I heard this on the radio the other day, that, you know, Nick Saban lost one game one year. And people were sort of... I don't know at the supermarket where he ran into people were like kind of like well it'll be better next year you'll you'll get it done like he's like we lost one game <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like what, we have to win a national championship like nobody's satisfied if we don't win a national championship go undefeated every year like it really got to him so I don't think that'll be the case you know once they expand necessarily but that. But college football, you remember that. Like, college football, if, if, if you went to the Rose Bowl because you were the Big Ten champs or whatever, that was good enough, man. It didn't matter if you were national title, if you won a national title. I mean, you hoped to, but... You but, wanted but, to, but you didn't control it. Well, know? no, because it was all voted on at that point. Exactly. But it was still a reward. Like, the Rose Bowl, hell yeah, man, we won the Big Ten. Let's go. You know? Mm-hmm. We're the granddaddy of them all. You know, that, that was the deal. And nobody complained. Wasn't all about a national championship and, and whatnot. It was like, yeah, go to the Sugar Bowl in the SEC, like whatever. And and of course now now that, you know, college football is such a national sport that everybody knows everybody. Uh it's all about the natty, you know, so it's not not quite the same. So that's all of that's killed bowl games as well. All right, I want to get into uh this story that I wrote about um, late hits on Baker Mayfield and the New Orleans Saints. And we'll do that in just a minute. Wanted want to remind you guys, though, that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros at May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems all over the state of Florida, Now they provide the most reliable equipment, the best installation methods and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs With an environmentally friendly investment, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees. You know they don't use subcontractors. They've always offered the safest and the most reliable equipment. Well, now, May Electric Solar also offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insurer, means that your roof, your electrical and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. Now, this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call this number, 727-819-2862 or visit Solar. Dot com. So after the game the other day when the Bucks, you know, laid the proverbial egg against the Saints and couldn't close out their NFC South title as they would have if they'd have won. Um, lackluster performance and and pretty much to a man everybody said, gee, we really felt bad, you know, we we didn't have any any life like we started flat you know three and out and gave up a touchdown on the first drive and couldn't get it going and came in at halftime and said hey it was only 17 to nothing and you know so you saw the game you know that they couldn't execute it was horrible game plans on both sides of the ball um so a lot of guys were owning it you know they were they were taking it on the chin and they were saying that uh they know that they didn't play the way they need to play um But Tristan Wirth spoke up at halftime. I guess he spoke to the team. And Tristan doesn't say a lot, but he does. People listen. He's become one of their top leaders his captain and all that. Um, And, you know, afterwards, he obviously was disappointed, Um, you know, talked about what they had to do to make it right this week against Carolina and all that. Um, But I got around to the subject of Baker Mayfield because Mayfield – has some pretty sore ribs, and it's it's a story, okay? I think it's going to be a story this week. I think it could be a story on Sunday. I've seen quarterbacks hurt their ribs. and Now, the x-rays came out, and they said there was no fractures, um, and Todd Bowles told us on Monday that he thought he would be good to go by Sunday. That doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to be practicing every day this week, so... You know, that's something to look for if he can uh, make it out to practice Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Um, but when you have sore ribs going into a game, it doesn't take much for them to become more sore if you take hits. So it's it's a story. It's something something you definitely have to watch. Now, how did he get the sore ribs? Well, uh, in this instance, it was a late hit by Tyron Matthew on the two-point conversion. And... I counted the steps, and it was to me, it was three steps after he threw it. They say one or two, and then that's allowed. Well, it wasn't allowed, it was flagged uh, for roughing the passer. And if you recall, when they played earlier this year in New Orleans, uh, sort of a similar thing happened when he flipped the touchdown pass. Uh, he kind of had his legs trapped underneath him, he got bent back by uh, Nathan Shepard, the Saints' defensive lineman. Uh, and felt fortunate to get out of that without a severe knee injury, although I think it's 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 hurt him pretty much all year, uh, and so that's they're two for two. You know they they've put some late hits on the quarterback, and and that's the position that teams have to protect the most, and their players have to protect the most. And so you know, sort of nobody was happy about it. And you know, Bowles confirmed to us again that he thinks he'll be okay by Sunday. But when I asked. Tristan worse, uh, if he was sort of tired of you know the last two games and the kind of the late hits on Baker Mayfield, um, he said, yeah, he was, and he says, you know, uh, number ninety three which is uh defensive tackle, um I believe it's Shepard, I want to say uh he hit him in New Orleans. he goes, anyway, in the first game." Uh, that was him, and then Tyron Matthew did it in this game. He was chirping at the ref saying he didn't, but that's part of football, Bakes a tough guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you could hear between, you know, sort of gritting teeth that, look, the Saints and the Bucks have a long history of, of uh, brutality, really, against each other, but mostly it's been on the Saints' sides, although we we've seen Mike Evans get suspended a few games for charging, at the back of Marshawn Lattimore during a scrum uh, where he, you know, just took out uh, Lattimore. And then uh, also, you know, remember last year, or two years ago, I think it was, Jameis Winston got pulled down from behind by Devin White in a horse collar tackle and wound up blowing out his ACL. And at the time, he was really playing pretty well for New Orleans. So Saints fans are quick to bring that back. What I would say is this, uh, yeah, but, Okay, you know, Horse Collar, they've outlawed that play uh, because of the very thing that happened to Jameis. But I think, you know, I don't think White was trying to hurt anybody necessarily. And and it was just bad technique. You can't do that because of that very thing. Guys get hurt. Um, but I I don't know that it was malicious. Look, I don't know that any of this is malicious. But I do think that there's a difference when, you know, the ball is out and you take a bunch of steps and then, you know, you lower your shoulder pads or your helmet or whatever into a guy, um, and you know could ruin his team's season. So um, it's gonna be something to watch. You know, we saw Chris Godwin get blown up when you know he lost his knee ligaments uh, in a game, and that the Saints just you know hit the hell out of Tampa Bay, and they lost the Bucs lost nine to nothing with Tom Brady didn't score a point uh, several years ago. So. Uh, chippy to say the least, and then you know when I posted the video, uh, Tristan's hearing hearing from a lot of those Saints fans, as you can imagine, who Dat Nation is sort of like all over him for you know for for complaining about it. But really, I was the one to ask the question. Uh, it's not like he brought it up to me, but he, but he did have something to say, and obviously that's news. So you can read about it in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. And then uh, finally, Steve, I watched part of this game. I didn't understand because the sound was down. It was New Year's Eve. And so I'm watching this game, and I saw where they fell behind 2 to nothing. but I didn't know how because I had stepped out for a while uh, from where the TVs were. And then I saw the strangest goal I think I've ever seen. Everyone in the press box from Phil Esposito to guys that have been around
1: hockey a lot longer than me have all said they've never seen a goal like that. So... Lightning fire a shot in on Montemblou. He gloves it, but there's not a Lightning player anywhere near him. Didn't go near him. He held it for a couple seconds, and the official had the whistle to his lips, but was telling him drop the puck. Like they don't want to stop the game. They don't want faceoffs. No. If a Lightning player was near him, they would have blown the whistle and dead, dead puck, and we'll have a faceoff. And no one was. And no it was time was for doing. a media timeout. Mm-hmm. So the Lightning players all kind of went on their way. Jonas Johansson went to the corner like he does every <laughs> yeah, he did. media timeout. He skates away, just gets out of his crease. A lot of goalies do that. You see that.
0: Stretch it so, out. So
1: Montemblou then puts the puck down, and the Montreal player skate, takes two strides and shoots it into the net. And the music was playing in the arena like it was a timeout, and nope, play had not been stopped. Everyone so, assumed it. Johansson had gone for a skate didn't he, at mm-hmm. that yeah. point. Yeah. Cooper said, I turned around. I didn't know. Yeah. Everyone assumed it was a
0: a stoppage of play. But because no Lightning player went anywhere near the goalie. Oh, wow. Lesson learned, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then the crowd went absolutely bonkers. <laughs> you well, And and kudos to the crowd. Now, granted, the officials actually made the
1: right call. But, yeah, I think they did. But the fans weren't happy with it, and they booed. And they booed. And they booed, and then they booed some more. Yeah. And then they kept it, booing. It was loud. And it kind of woke the team up. It woke the, the building up. The building was pretty dead. Yeah. Um, it woke the building up. It woke the team. Braden Point, a little over two minutes later, mm-hmm. flying down the ice, shot one by him. Then it was 2-1. to one, Then it became 2-2. Two, two, and eventually, Lightning went on to win 4-3, to three, to win four out of those six games that had five of them in home
0: yeah that was big because they needed to finish this this home stand pretty well hmm um it was a great game i mean it was entertaining uh again those new year I went to a New Year's Eve game there I think uh, two years ago, maybe it was last year. I can't remember when um well, last year was a was, five o'clock uh, game, which was a little better It was earlier as... yeah that yeah seven's a little rough. still made my party no well, problem yeah, it's all that matters. four doors down I'm good um but yeah, uh. They they play better at home, which is good. They need the points. I mean, we're, you know, past the holidays now and so you're gonna start running out of highway here you're about yep. what, halfway through or this
1: weekend, uh after they play Boston. They have a road trip. They start tonight in Winnipeg. They play Minnesota Thursday and then at Boston on Saturday. After that game,
0: mm. they'll be halfway through the season. Wow. Yeah, so you're there. Yep.
1: Now if if the playoffs were to start today, The Lightning, Mm -hmm. technically, are the last wild card team.
0: They are the last wild card. Okay, so they would be in it.
1: But they're like a point ahead of Washington and New Jersey and Pittsburgh, and all those teams have three or four games in hand on them. Oh, okay. And they're one point back. So, you know, now those teams have to win the game first or get points. Sure. But, you know, more than likely, if you look at points percentage, they would not be in the playoffs at this point.
0: Okay. Well, they need to, you know, play better on the road, that's one thing they haven't done all year. But they're
1: also tied with Toronto for third in the division. Now Toronto has four games in hand on them, but Hmm. they've got the same number of points as Toronto.
0: Yeah, it's always confusing, the whole points thing and games at hand.
1: The Lightning will start to get a little more rest while other teams are going to have more games to play coming up.
0: So it might work out to their benefit in the long run as they go down the stretch. They'll take the rest for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the schedule will lighten up. I
1: know that there's um, not this week, but the next week they go from like Saturday to Thursday with no games. Oh well, wow. um, you know they're going to have some times here. Yeah, after the 13th to the 18th with no games, and then they'll have they'll have their All Star week and bye week coming up at the end of the month as well. So they're, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of days off for the team. They'll they'll get some rest along the way.
0: Unless you're Kucherov, I would imagine he's going to be an all-star.
1: Uh, Kuch, yeah, Kuch should absolutely be an all-star. We'll see if if a Victor Hedman or anyone else gets in. Braden point, somebody like that. Yeah, you know. But Kuch absolutely will be. I mean, he's leading yeah. the league in points. He's second in goals, uh, second in power play points. Uh, I mean, you just go through the numbers. He's
0: Yeah, I mean, he's an MVP-like resume. If they were to win, yeah. I think he'd get a good look at that.
1: And by the way, Victor, uh, we're so used to seeing Nikita Kucherov with passes. Victor Hedman had two incredible passes in that game that set yeah, up two he assisted goals.
0: Assisted Kucherov's goal. Kucherov's yeah.
1: goal with the Austin Watson outlet first, mm-hmm. that got the the game tying goal two two, and then the Kucherov pass. I mean that looked that looked like Kucherov making that pass, not Victor Hedman.
0: Right, he th- threaded the needle. I mean mm-hmm. it was perfect. Yep, yeah, across the crease, it was really nice. Yeah, that was. Yeah, good. He, he played well. That was it. Was a good. It was a fun game because we were watching it while you know the shenanigans were going on. Mm-hmm. And, Uh, watching football too so now the
1: hard part is the lightning eric chernak and hayden flurry both left the game in the second period so Lightning played with four defensemen for half the game Jeez. uh hayden flurry has been placed on long-term injury injured reserve oh no well uh so they've recalled philip myers from syracuse uh no update on chernak yet the team had monday off so yeah
0: it's always a concern. Health is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. You have to avoid injuries. Yeah. And, or at least and Sergeyev
1: missed his fifth straight
0: game on Sunday night. He has that foot injury, right? Yeah, he's still listed as
1: day to day, but and he's on IR because he's been there for more than a week now. But uh, he's he it, Cooper was hopeful he was going to go in one of the at least one of the two games
0: over the New Year, thirtieth and thirty first, but he didn't go in either one. So can't imagine how bad that must feel when you get hit like that. <laughs> it just my feet hurt just thinking about it. I mean, jeez. He went down hard too. So, well, hopefully he'll be back. But yeah, the lightning—you know—they played a little better, and um, shoot, they got plenty of games to go.
1: Oh, and Wander Franco detained in Dominican oh, that's Republic. Right.
0: We we buried the lead a little bit. This is the biggest story, I think, on our website. Is that he showed up with a couple of new lawyers, and they detained him, and I think they may have arrested him for not making his court date earlier yeah i'm not making the thursday 11 a.m or whatever it was but this is not an admission of guilt or a finding of of, you know or of anything no that was he didn't come talk to the yeah he didn't follow an order (laughs) it wasn't a real order yeah it was you follow orders or or people go to jail um and so uh, it, it none of this feels good looks good but but it was kind of a, it was weird. I saw like a picture of him and his two attorneys kind of standing there mugging for the cameras. It was just weird. I don't know where this is going, but you can't be happy if you're the Rays and I don't, you know, can't predict what, what his future is this year or any other year for that matter. But, um, but at least they found wonder, right? Like at least he has been found and he's okay, which is good. Um, but still in a lot of trouble. So, All right, uh, I'll be back at uh, the Bucs. They're going to have today off, obviously, on a Tuesday, player's day off, although some will come in for treatment. And their game, by the way, uh, is, in fact, Sunday at 1 p.m. That was undecided until later Mm -hmm. uh, Sunday night. Uh, And we thought it would be a 1 o'clock game, and it is uh, at Carolina, same time that Atlanta, I believe, will be playing New Orleans. Correct. Um, And the Bucs now – uh, can only win the division. They cannot make a wild card. Uh, if they were to lose, so it's win or go home. And you know, again, quite frankly, you know, you're playing a really bad Carolina team that I think they just had 128 total yards, which is like the fewest yards in the NFL in a game, or among the fewest, like in a, in a long time. <laughs> So they should be able to go up there, and if they don't, just drop the ball all over the field, just out athlete them. Um, but you know, they obviously have to get back in and get back in sync and protect the ball and do all those things that they had been doing during the four game winning streak. But I don't know, Todd Bowles. When we talked to him, seemed really down, and I know they're disappointed they didn't wrap it up at home. Um, but they got to get fired up, man. You know, you got to come out with a little more energy and. And certainly execution than they did. So we'll see if they're able to bounce back, and we'll be talking about that. Just avoid all the owners week. box. That's all. If, if you're what? going to the game in Carolina, avoid the owners box. Oh my God! You see that? What? What the hell? David Tepper throwing drinks on on Jags fans or, or yeah, who do they play. Yeah, the Jags. Yeah, I mean that was terrible, and. Apparently, the only requirement to be an NFL owner these days is just to just have a bunch of billions of dollars and you're good. It doesn't matter if you have any character whatsoever. Well, it, 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 it,
1: to get the team, no, but then you can lose the team if you're
0: Daniel Snyder. But Well, you can, but it, look how long but that it But it's
1: going to take a lot more than what David
0: Tepper did to lose the team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not good. They're writing columns about him, and it's just none of this is good. And that permeates throughout the entire organization, which is why, you know, the Bucks should really take care of business, but then they should have done that at home when they're home fans, and they didn't. Can't take it for granted, but we'll see how they do. I'm sure we'll talk to, or hope to talk to Matt Baker later this week about the national championship game, which looks like it'll be between, I don't want to spoil it, in case you people know, but I don't want to know. It's 31-21 as, a, as we do this podcast, so Washington might, might be there, which would be a good matchup. Definitely different styles. Be a good you know, way to play. send the pack 2 off. <laughs> the pack 2. That's right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but different styles because obviously, you know, Washington would really test them in their pass defense. Mm-hmm. You know, no you, question. You, you, they're going to spread them out and they're going to throw it all over the yard. So that would be an interesting challenge for that Michigan defense as opposed to what they had in the semifinal with Alabama because you knew Alabama wanted to run the ball a little bit uh turns out their quarterback is probably their best runner but uh didn't work out so Michigan on its way to the national college championship we'll see if they're joined there soon by Washington but uh hopefully talk to Matt Baker later this week as well about all the things college football got another busy week again happy new year thanks for sticking with us 2024 should be a great one and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. for diversity, Am Australia, the temporary times. Have a great day, everybody. This message comes from BOF sponsor, eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all.